0: to another episode of the streaking the lawn podcast once again my name is pierce and once again i'm joined by zach hello zach how are you good three game winning streak we are here to talk about that winning streak um and yeah and basketball coming right up but uh you know a pedestrian effort for the who's um maybe maybe not uh brennan Armstrong. i'm kidding (laughs) a complete shellacking of the visiting blue Devils. um i think you know, we anticipated a win. Um, we always prepare for the worst around here, just in case. But uh, it, it it was as good as I think anyone could have hoped for. Um, for you know, not just to get the win, not just to keep the winning streak going. But uh, as we've said a bunch, they need to you know beat the teams that they should be in order to uh, continue to have a shot at the coastal, of course. But really, just even for bowl eligibility is what we were worried about a few weeks ago luckily right. they've turned it around a little bit and some couple uh, last second wins have have now led us to a resounding blowout victory there's so much to talk about of course um for this victory and for the upcoming georgia tech game but i guess zach my question to you to start things off is you know what's the biggest takeaway what what is the, what's the lead in the Zachary recap? Uh, not literally, because yeah. I'm sure you had that already covered. <laughs> but you know, if what's what's your biggest takeaway from uh, from this victory
1: for the Hoops? I mean, I, I just think you just have to say we're back on track. Like, right. I, I, it, it's it's a weird sort of feeling to have after two sort of wins where we scraped by and didn't feel so great about it, and then, I mean this performance was as complete as it gets and duke sucks we know this we've said this since (laughs) before the season but you beat an acc team by 48 points and didn't let them score like that's you can't hope for anything better than that yeah um and you did it when your quarterback didn't play in the fourth quarter and you know they you know duke had plenty of opportunities to actually put points on the board and they didn't um Mm And so, I mean, five and two through seven games, like could you really have imagined a better scenario than that? Like just coming into the year, you know, I mean, if just like looking at the the North Carolina game, looking at a potential loss to Wake Forest, looking at going to Miami, going to Louisville. Obviously we thought we would beat Duke. We thought we would beat Illinois and William & Mary. um, But I don't think that you can be disappointed with where this team is obviously there's still holes. obviously there's still issues and, you know, better teams than Duke are mm-hmm. going to exploit those, but five and two, one went away from bowl eligibility with, you know, two more, um, with three more home games, two more in the coastal and one against a pretty mediocre to bad Georgia tech team. Um, you gotta think that this team is on the right track relative to preseason expectations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally feel you. I mean, it's almost like, um, you know stealing one of those on the road i know they both were last second things but right. um ha- having both of them work in your favor we can at least consider one stealing a win right you stole right. a road win and that can that can make up for the expectations that they would have uh say won the wake forest game now wake forest seems to be a much better team then, um, yeah. than we than really anyone anticipated of course but I, uh, I like what you, uh, you know, the way you put it, like it's, it's just back on track to that type of optimistic solid season that we're anticipating. And, you know, the coastal still up for play, which is obviously the the overarching goal. I don't think any of us were saying UVA had to win the coastal this year to feel like they obtained, you know, a successful, successful season. But it obviously is going to be the the benchmark that the the coaching staff uses and says, you know, this is is the goal for the team year in and year out. And Pitt doesn't have any conference losses yet, but they've only played two conference games. So right now, you know, you're thinking – Virginia controls their destiny for the most part assuming Pitt can lose an ACC game not against Virginia if UVA can win the rest of its ACC games it's gonna it's gonna play in the conference championship game which is nothing that we anticipated after those blowout losses (laughs) last month so I don't know I think uh, you know going with the theme we discussed last week, what do good teams do? Man, did that feel like watching a good team on Saturday. And we know, like you said, Duke's been real down. No No one expected Duke to win this game, but UVA didn't even let them compete and that's something good teams do is they don't let <laughs> they don't let inferior competition right. hang around and you know it speaks to those two wins to start
1: the season against other bad teams <laughs> so i mean we said this like last week we were we said we need to punch them in, in the mouth early mm-hmm. we need to put points up on the board confer in the red zone And then don't give Duke a chance to hang around and make this into some game where a last-second field goal actually wins it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like... And and they didn't, and it was obvious that they weren't gonna. Um, And by the end of, what, probably halfway through the second quarter, if not earlier, this game was over, like, by a long shot. Oh, yeah. Um, And even when Duke put together a drive or two that got them down, I mean, they missed, what, a field goal on the first drive? Mm. Even when they, like... Chunked together some plays. It still felt like they were getting lucky. Like it didn't feel <laughs> like like it just like the hit was like half a second away from yeah. being to, from forcing an incompletion. Yeah. You know, it's like the the defense was there all day long. Sure, they went for it on fourth down a couple times in the red zone, but that's when the deficit was enough that they had to go for it on fourth down. Right. So it's like you're not really. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's really nothing to feel that bad about. You know, this team is relatively healthy you know i mean i know there's a couple guys mm-hmm. um you know that they that they've lost for the season now but you you just there's no reason to feel pessimistic at this mm-hmm. time I and mean, that's coming from maybe two of the more pessimistic people in <laughs> you know a fan base
0: we're not that no, no no i won't no. i won't wear that no okay all right, all right, right. cynical maybe cynical all right you all right. can you can call yourself I, whatever you want no but. okay i'm
1: sorry for grouping <laughs> you in like that no but i mean you just i, I feel good right now and and yeah you know obviously things could change on Saturday and and this is a different conversation, but one win away from bowl eligibility with three games left that feel very winnable, you know, home against tech on the road against Mm -hmm. Pitt is going to be tough, um, but a winnable game with how this team feels to be trending, seems to be trending Mm -hmm. Um, and home against Georgia tech. Like, if You're you at least feeling there three... in the
0: conversation, right? Exactly. Right.
1: Right. Like... And it's like if you win those three games, I'm not saying they're gonna, and I'm not saying that I expect them to, but winning those three games and and what finishing, what eight and four, is that?
0: Oh yeah. That, I mean. I mean, would d- be
1: like, like even seven and five, and I, I don't know. It just all of a sudden, like you know, from two or three weeks ago, and when we were looking at the schedule, thinking like are we even really going to get to six and six to now right. where it's like, it feels like if we get to six, if we don't get to six and six, there's been a colossal meltdown.
0: Sure. So, sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's still an important game to take care of that Georgia tech or, oh, no, or you know, or else then we're going, uh Oh, where is that six win? Not that they won't win one of those remaining four games or even a few of them. But um before we put the, the Duke game to bed, I mean, you know, like you said, second quarter, 24 points that puts right. the blue devils away and everybody. I mean, you know, we, we had all gotten rained on <laughs> in Scott's stadium. Most of, I don't know, maybe not most of the fans, but a lot of the fans just sort of sat in the rain. Others went up under the overhang and, and then came back down. Uh, but it seemed like people, you know, the team was having fun regardless of, of the fans uh, thinning out a little bit because of the weather and the fans have stayed down in the stands with me. Uh, we were having fun too, because <laughs> it was stress-free. It just yeah. looked like UVA was obviously the superior team and knew it. And like we talked about last week, played with a lot of confidence. Um, Armstrong, of course, included in that, but the defense as well. I mean, you know, again, Duke winless in conference. It's, but I'll take looking a lot better and looking like they're playing confidently, even if it is against an inferior opponent. I mean, Nick Jackson, four tackles for lost, four total tackles. He's like, like we mentioned last week, so definitely coming along. You know, it seemed to be a big um, question mark in the in the center of that linebacking core during those two losses. You know, I think we're starting to see something from. Um, people assisting Noah Taylor in disrupting the other team's offense. You know, Noah's there, right. we, and we know what Blunt brings, but he needs some help. <laughs> they all need some. They need, you know they work as a good unit together when they're they're performing and seeing that from Ellie Brown, Hunter Stewart, Nick Jackson. Uh, that's going to be a big help as they, you know, play a better Georgia Tech team um, than better than Duke is at least the line for Georgia Tech and and right. I mean Georgia Tech's proved they beat Carolina they doubled up UNC um, you know forty five yeah. to twenty two a few weeks ago so then again they just played at Duke um, and before there they were on a buy this week and only one thirty one to twenty seven so right. you know Georgia Tech inconsistent played Clemson really close fourteen to eight. Um, Yeah, it looked really good
1: until we realized that Clemson isn't very good. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. Who knows what's going on with Clemson? We'll see, you know, Clemson plays Pitt, uh, I believe, this upcoming week, and that's what we're saying. Okay, best-case scenario for the Hoos is is winning out in the conference games. All that is is Georgia Tech, Pitt, and Virginia Tech, right? Right. And that's only one loss for Pitt, though. So, you know, people are penciling in, well, okay, Pitt does have to play Clemson. I don't think Clemson's going to be favored in that game. I don't think anyone anticipates that they will be. Um it's just obviously we're hoping that best case scenario that Pitt picks up a loss somewhere else. So Right. Anyhow, uh Brennan Armstrong threw for 364 on the day, so you know, not really up to snuff. Yeah, uh, right. Like
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's disappointing. I don't know. A couple scores,
0: didn't turn the ball over. Uh we also mentioned of course wanting to force some turnovers uh, out of Duke. Uh, They, they, you know, completely harassed Gunnar Holmberg, the the quarterback all day long, made him throw two interceptions. He only had 3.9 average yards passing. That's something else there. I mean, that, that, (laughs) that there wasn't anything going on for Gunnar. They they ran the ball fine enough. Mateo Durant for Duke had 82 yards and and 4.8 average, but obviously they couldn't get on the scoreboard. Whereas the Hoos ran the ball pretty well, I w- I liked uh, being able to give Darrington a couple series. Even um, I think you know he had a he had a series in the first half, I'm pretty sure, um, and then obviously had a, a touchdown and a long run of 34 yards. Uh, Jay wolfook uh, comes in late, gets his running QB on. Brennan Armstrong ran eight times, which seems maybe like a lot uh, for a a guy that we need to protect, but, you know, no complaints there. That's part of his game. Like he's going to take the yards when they're there and they still found time to give the ball to Tal Papa um, and a couple for Ronnie Walker and Rodriguez as well. So I guess if anything, you're, you're going, um, you know, it's, it's good that Wilkes was healthy. Wicks. Sorry. was healthy. It's good that they're showing commitment to the running game still to, you know, have the, Mm Uh, the space to run this uh, proficient passing attack. Um, they, they, there's nothing but good takeaways. You know, I'm not even going to joke around about coming up with a negative because no, I can't yeah. think of anything. You know, they put the ball on the ground a handful of times, recovered them mainly, but it you know it was a wet day. They only lost a fumble, um, yeah. and they forced Duke into turnovers too. So no, yeah. no big cause for concern there
1: i mean yeah i mean yeah they, they forced turnovers defensively which is something that hasn't happened a ton this season mm-hmm. like it, it's coming in spurts but i mean there was just a complete like there was just you know th- they were getting pressure on the quarterback only one sack but i i think that that's a little bit misleading um you know they, they were just flying around the field and you know like as you said like brennan is healthier now like he was banged up i think back god i guess a few games ago maybe he mm-hmm. was the Miami game when he was or, or Wake Forest, one of those games where he was still banged up and they were w- with the knee injury and they were just stopping him from running. So it was good to see him scampering around, obviously with that one uh, touchdown score where he dove for the end zone. And so, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I think you're just seeing Brendan at his full capability and, you know, I mean, he still threw 45 passes in three yeah, quarters. I but, I mean, I guess when the offense is on the field the entire game, he's going to throw the ball a lot. So, um, you know, Darrington was exciting to see. Like, that was that was really awesome, the couple of runs that he had, mm-hmm. and to see him sort of have that 34-yarder and then follow that up with a touchdown. I mean, it, it, it's exciting to see guys like that step up in these games, even mm-hmm. if it is a little bit of garbage time. Like, it, it's still – you know, I don't think Duke is exactly like resting guys at that point. It's just nice to see that some of these guys transfers and whatnot, um, show what they can do, especially when a guy like Mike Hollins is out to know that we just we have those other options. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, Duke good is point. Duke and Duke is Duke and, and we're not playing another team this bad this season. But um, never hurts to get reps and you know, there wasn't a lot of the whole like four quarterback stuff that we saw in the first two games like speaker <laughs> competition. So it was we actually got to see some of those.
0: Yeah, it just it made sense, you know, in these plays. Um rather than going to them early, it's it's almost like, okay, getting our, our reps in for right. And, you know not necessarily trickeration <laughs> but right, right. but those types of unusual formations and and uh, wrinkles that they can throw at at uh you know maybe maybe closer team closer games against better teams in, in the near future uh jelani woods five catches and a touchdown uh keton also added three catches 47 yards there uh, had one or two not go his way passes and uh, at, at the points where you're going well. You know, we're we're throwing a, a bullet down the middle of the field to the guy with a cast on one hand. <laughs> like that, <laughs> I don't understand. I maybe put Rashawn Henry in that role. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe the guy with two hands. I'm I, you know again being cynical. Obviously, yeah. it's it's important to get Keeton involved even with his his wrapped up hand. But uh, still seems a little silly in the rain having him catch passes like out there <laughs> like that. But yeah. what are you gonna do? You know, I, I, it's <laughs> like
1: Keeton wants those targets. Like you know yeah. it. Like you know it's not. He, he doesn't want to shirk away from those and i mean like unlike obviously it's easier to do it when you're winning than when you're losing i.e uh, you like the wake forest game mm-hmm, when they did mm-hmm. not take brennan out of the game but the decision to take him out of the game and rest the guy a little bit not just rest but obviously protect from injury was also encouraging and a smart move to see and i'm not you know i mean we, we did criticize them for leaving brennan in the game and and i think that was sure. fair back against wake forest and it was mm-hmm. just good to see the sort of like concert that sort of conservatism come out mm-hmm. um and seeing them be smart and say all right you know let's not letting any, let anything stupid in the rain happen here yeah um, true yeah the weather didn't yeah exactly on top of it yeah
0: yeah i guess you know uh, you feel bad ray sean henry only gets one catch and i know like, we only had one hey, guy man. with
1: over 100 yards it's like what the heck well, you, know, you know what it, are we even
0: doing here it, obviously the biggest takeaway is wicks is fine wicks didn't yeah. get hit in the head and uh as far as I remember, um, I don't think any of those guys came off the field looking uh, like they had been shaken up or anything. At, at one point, I, I could be wrong. I just don't recall that. Man, um, Jacob Rodriguez has some cheeky uh, eye uh, eye black. What do you you know what do you, when they're not wearing the eye black, like? like eye black under the eyes but more like just braveheart makeup and, and stuff that's been going around uh around college football i should say i don't know how we would refer to it but uh that was one of my takeaways was <laughs> getting creative with the eye black you'd love to see from your football players um I, I by that i mean uh guys on the depth chart as football players yeah uh, so, and, you know, Jay Woolfolk is another story too. The, the ability to uh, have, um, you know, coach after the game sort of uh, aside to him as like, you know, yeah. it, it's not error apparent necessarily. Obviously our arm um, sets uh, in the program and has been in plenty of time. Um, the past couple of seasons they've been throwing them in, but, you know, you always want to see the young guys come in and, and be able to to look like uh the type of dude who can carry that now Bryce Perkins, now Brennan Armstrong. I mean, we go back uh, to, right. to Benkert, obviously, of course, but um, Benkert, not quite that same type of quarterback role that, that uh, they're trying to get going. And it really speaks to, again, that idea that we brought up every week is the roster looking like, you know, where the team wants the roster to be. And yeah. that really being a first as far as, uh, Mendenhall's career here. Yeah. I mean and a lot it, of that has to do with COVID, but blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah. I mean, as you're referring to, just just the specific quote that that uh, Bronco had on I think Monday was I couldn't mm-hmm. be happier about his speaking about Wolfolk development and where he stands and sits. And currently as a successor to Brennan, really bright future ahead for him and us. And that's like you know, in a game like this where there's, you know, nothing but positive takeaways in the short term, it's nice to hear something long term like that. Um and obviously, yeah. well, folk did some things with his legs um on Saturday that, that was incur that were encouraging. So yeah.
0: absolutely. So looking at Georgia Tech, um it's uh It's an important game because, you know, I mean, obviously we've, we've gone over what the importance is of, of the rest of these ACC games. If you want to keep it going uh, as far as competing for the coastal goes, and obviously we get the who's to, to bowl eligibility regardless. Um, But it's an important game because it much like that Duke game it's very much the most winnable game left on on the calendar. And so to come in and, and be like, okay, we're, if we're not contending for the coastal, which we are, but if we're at least at that level of a program that, you know, wants to be division uh, or even conference, you know, champions, uh, you got to beat the lesser teams when they come visit you in your house. So Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we say this every week, all is not necessarily lost if they lose, but this is really looks like a critical game because the schedule, as we said, every week is brutal in November. So Reasons for optimism, of course, but a bigger uh, step up in, in the quality of opponent than the Blue Devils gave. Um, um, I'll, I'll say this, though. You know, the, the Georgia Tech offense doesn't hold a candle to UBAs, <laughs> you know, at least on paper. So I don't know. What, what are things um, coming into this matchup, uh, Zach, that, that you'll be looking at uh, for the who's to contain or for the who's to take advantage of?
1: I mean, you know, I, I think that Georgia tech is, they've been a very inconsistent team, like, mm-hmm. and, and that's sort of just been the case. And, you know, there, there was a question that, um, and it, it, I mean, it speaks to the coastal in general, but there was a question for our Q and a with the, the Georgia tech site about like how UVA has been the most consistent team in the coastal, mm-hmm. which I think for us is something <laughs> that, uh, is a little bit insane to hear. Um, But, you know, I mean, I they, guess it makes have, sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess so, um, but you know, I mean, they they have a, a dual threat quarterback in mm-hmm. in Sims who's who's able to throw the ball and run the ball, um, and and you know has you know he, he's turned the ball over, you know he's he's thrown four interceptions this season, so you know going off of last week, it'd be nice to see us take advantage of, of some of that carelessness there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know you know we, we we've proven that we can contain some dual threat quarterbacks at least a little bit, at least not get completely murdered I mean Louisville wasn't great <laughs> Louisville wasn't great in that third quarter especially but we've proven that we right. been able to sort of overcome it I don't even want to bring up UNC right now um, and yeah. I'm not realizing that I'm speaking contradictory <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know I, I think that our defense is farther along um, than you know I think we would have thought a couple of weeks ago like it, it mm-hmm. seems like we're in a better place right now it seems like we'll be better able to handle um, sort of that Threat, especially with guys like Mm -hmm. Jackson stepping up, Um, and so I think that defensively, you at least have to feel like we're not going to get totally burned. And then this is when they score forty-two points, (laughs) make me look like an idiot. Um, But I feel like you have to be confident that we're not going to get burned enough defensively that Brennan won't be able to overcome that, especially at home. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah, and,
1: and and that you know that their offense is not as you said earlier able to hold a candle to UVA's and and with our defense at least appearing to be on the up and up maybe that's opponents maybe that's playing a third string quarterback against Miami getting lucky mm. against Louisville and playing a bad duke team and maybe that is the case and we do come out and it's more of the same from the wake forest and unc games but you know signs are pointing in the opposite direction of that and, yeah, And so I would think that with the experience that this defense has, they're able to contain this offense, hopefully hold them to fewer yeah. than 30 points. And then I think that our offense is going to be able to clean up on their defense. I mean, they gave up what, like 51 points or something, 50 plus points to pit. Um, right. You know, they, 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 have given up points yeah. to 52. Um, obviously, you know, they only let up 14 to Clemson, but you know, Clemson doesn't really score points anymore. Yeah. Um So <laughs> who
0: knows what's going on there? Yeah, it,
1: it's, it's, yeah, it's tough just to tell, but, um, I, I'm confident going in this game, I'm confident that we have the advantage on both sides of the ball. Um, and, you know, when you feel like that, you, you know, why wouldn't we win this game, especially at home?
0: Yeah. So um, Sims, their QB, let's see, uh, so far is four rushing touchdowns this year, uh, 250, right. 255 yards on 38 attempts for six point. Seven yards a carry, which is right about um a, a, a well a couple yard improvement
1: away uh, did the year prior. So Jordan Yates got benched, like yeah, I think, just in the first quarter of the UNC game. Mm-hmm. Um, Sims Jeff Sims takes over and you know leads them to a forty five to twenty two victory, and from there he's been the starter. But that that's why his his total numbers have been a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know he still has been prone to turning the ball over. Um, He's still not a big arm. He's still not, you know, going to be throwing um, a ton, Um, but, you know, and it's still a dual threat quarterback who who they like to have running with the ball. But, you know, that, that, that does sort of indicate why some of his numbers have been lower, but they have been generally a better offense, although there's definitely been um, controversy around the two of those, those two quarterbacks, I believe, but, you know, Sims, Um, appears to be the better option even though through i think around the same number of games they have very similar stats um Uh, which is interesting to see um whereas yates hasn't turned the ball over as much so you know i I, maybe we see another change at quarterback but um you know sims has looked better than yates so far this season i think um and and has done more for their offense as as both a runner and a passer
0: well if it is a, a a controversy that's yet to be uh settled uh, you know that always bodes well it seems uh for the other team however it does seem like virginia for whatever reason historically uh gets beat up on by second choice quarterback so who knows what to expect there but yeah like i mean like you just rattled off um you know this should be a favorable matchup um for the virginia defense that we hope has has turned that corner and uh, can continue to uh, let the offense, you know, carry a game, and or at least let the offense get you back in the game, like they did uh, in one of the road wins, and of course they get a big enough lead that even if your defense flutters a little bit, like like the Miami game, um, right. you know they do just enough to walk away. So however the wins come, W's are W's, but you know I think it wraps it up for all of us at that Duke game that man, a convincing win against an inferior opponent sure makes you feel good about the program and about uh, where this team can take the rest of the season. So uh, I would say, you know, another point about this is they didn't play last season during the COVID year. Uh, If you think back to 2019, uh, the Bryce Perkins led who's were actually they, you know, had three losses uh, were, were sitting at five and three before they rattled off four straight wins and to get back into that coastal division uh, uh, chatter after a Louisville loss, they beat North Carolina uh, on the road. And then Georgia tech came to town a two win at the end of the year team. And Georgia tech took the who's 33, 28, you know, the who's won, but it was tight. Um, and, uh, I, you know, to me, I think that speaks to the quality of coaching in, in Atlanta and the fact that like we always say, we could lose to anybody. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. Um maybe we should hand out our stars real quick uh for for that Duke game before we move on to like a, a few minutes about basketball. Um I, I guess we gotta keep Brennan Armstrong with the uh the the honorary everybody star uh with <laughs> Like we said, 364 yards, a, a little bit of a disappointment on it. You
1: know? <laughs> Only a couple yeah. of touchdowns. Ugh. Didn't quite hit 400, two passing touchdowns. Should have left him in to touchdown.
0: run it up. But no, no, of yeah, course, uh, another really sharp day um, from for the who's quarterback. And uh, the reason why I think even more so in that national media landscape, you're getting more chatter, more chatter about um, Brennan, what he's doing and where he should be. Uh, held in in regards uh, to the rest of the country's quarterbacks and those rankings of the uh you know who has the best qb we're up there so yeah star number one uh zach who do you want to give uh, your star for this duke beat down too
1: yeah i mean i'm looking around for sleepers i it's not gonna be anybody that we didn't mention i'm gonna go with nick jackson i'm gonna leave right. your favorite player to you i think <laughs> um but you know, as you as you detailed earlier, Nick Jackson has been coming into his own as a middle linebacker of this offense, um, you know, or of this defense rather. Jeez. Um, and you know, it was great to see him rack up a sack, you know, four sack tackles for loss, five solo tackles, eleven total. Yeah. Um, he's been all over the place. And, you know, that was something that we were pointing out earlier in the year when they were giving up big point totals um to offenses that we didn't expect to do that necessarily or at least to that extent, um, that, you know, it, feel, it felt like the UVA linebackers weren't on par with previous seasons. And it feels like we're getting back to that point um, where they have some linebackers that cl- can clean things up um, and that are going to be a threat or going to be sort of a force to be reckoned yeah. with. Um, and so to see that mm-hmm. emerging, to see Nick Jackson, a guy who we know is immensely talented, um, sort of come to the fore like that is, is, is really exciting, um, especially for this team moving forward.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a name we haven't thrown out with uh, was Wes Weeks. Um, Right. Yes. Yes. uh, You know, the freshman linebacker seemed to be in a lot of plays. Uh, You know, I feel like I was hearing his name over the PA plenty. Uh, And we haven't given uh, props to Nick Grant for for, uh, great performance as well. I thought Nick Grant played a great game. Had seven tackles, uh, six solo tackles. It's always, I mean, if you can do that as a corner, that's massive and a pass defended there. So let me also throw out uh, the guy who got to break the rock, Brendan Farrell, the kicker, Absolutely. two for two, long at 34, six extra points, extra I mean, points, he's no been, gimmies out there yeah. in the rain in college football.
1: And hey. Yeah, he's been ridiculous as yeah. a backup kicker this season. I mean, yeah. to think of years in the past where it felt like we didn't have one kicker to go to like having two kickers that are absolutely confident in their legs and that our team can be absolutely confident right. from a real range out, you know? Right. And, and, right. The and team
0: like, knows that, that those points right. are
1: available is so huge. So Right. And it's, you know, it's not, you know, relying on a kicker is sort of a, a weird um, idea to get in your head, but when you can rely on the fact that you have those three points in your back pocket. Once you get in the red zone, you know, even when this team isn't converting, sometimes you know, that you're going to get those points um, is really huge. And, and, you know, it was it no wasn't critical. right? <laughs> it, it, was, it wasn't critical in this game, but it will be moving forward.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I think you're spot on with the idea. Confidence is the massive thing, even if it's, uh, you know, confidence in, Knowing that you can make that kicks so or just like like I just said, confidence that the coaches can have that those points are available. But as you alluded to, of course, I've got to give my star uh, to my dude, uh, Dontavian Wicks, coming back from getting knocked out of a game from the second dirty hit in a row or second game with the dirty hit on his head in a row. Uh, Dontavian put up 125 yards and touchdown. Uh, just always open always making plays what more can you say it, it him and Armstrong are just such an incredible duo we know it's more than just them we've we've gone through the names but as far as the stars go at least for this Duke game uh, he's gonna get our third one and uh we'll turn our our, our attention to basketball because they had some news um, coming out because of their Pepsi blue and white scrimmage. What, Pepsi doesn't sponsor this, so they're they're soda blue and white scrimmage. uh are here, Zach? You know, like like what, what can you get from from these things? I don't know that, uh, and I've been to plenty of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't i don't know it's it's obviously it's fan service that's why they do it and it's exciting to come see uh these guys especially those new faces so yeah uh, i'm not looking for anything that says like the where were wh- some statement making things but there's, yeah. there's there's some takeaways nonetheless even if it's just a, a scrimmage amongst the team what what anything stick out to you necessarily yeah
1: i mean i think reese continues to be a guy that you're looking at for a big breakout year you know he um Seemed really quick, really sort of on top of his game. He took, I believe, two step back threes, or at least off the dribble threes, did not make them. Um, but if you're taking I know he no, it's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He didn't like it's baby yeah, steps. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, baby yeah. steps. Like, you know, um listen,
0: last we saw them in action,
1: knocking yeah, down an open exactly. three won the I game. I mean, he, for he did speaker. make an open three. Um, I think Caden from you know unofficial, you know you know box tallies box scores mm. that i saw i think had double digit points and was in the post you know scoring over kafaro um and and sounded and seemed to look really smooth um, which is exciting because he has really high potential to be a guy that can be that interior threat on offense and like i this is a lot of hype, but he has he has all the tools to be elite defensively. Uh-huh. I mean, he's 6'11", uh-huh. he's long, he's quick. He, I mean, he's not quite like a momity in terms of just like overall like bounciness vertical, but mm-hmm. he has all those capabilities even with maybe a little bit more length.
0: Right, it's not quite Jay Huff and nothing to get. Right. I mean, Jay Huff brought a certain something to to the defense, of course, but, you know, a little more active uh, laterally a little more able to continue to get that uh, type of, I don't know, action that you want from what we've started referring to as the Mamadi role. But what, as we right. know, has been that a role, that Darion role, that, that power right. forward, who, if, if they're playing the big body at the five, so Kefaro, Jack Salt, obviously we know Shedrick might be at the five plenty or, or but, you know, if, if, yeah. if you've got your two guys in the paint, one tends to be the one who's playing off of the physical presence in the middle and shattered. seems like a guy could sort of go either way that way. Um, And that's, that's, you know, Tony Bennett loves him some versatility. So,
1: yeah. I, I I can't honestly compare him to anybody that we've had just at his Mm -hmm. size Mm -hmm. because he's a guy that, and he admitted this at media day, like he knows that he has the ability to blow up ball screens as a Mm -hmm. hedger Mm -hmm. and like he's six eleven And if like, and I know this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but it's the only other guy of that size that was really elite as a ball, guarding ball screens as the hedger, and that's Jack Salt. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that Caden is Jack Salt. He's much better offensively than Jack Salt. He's much <laughs> more mobile and quicker and obviously not as thick. But, you know, Jack Salt was very good at that by the end of his career. and oh, I think of course. That, yeah. You know, And I think that Caden is going to be that this year. He looks really comfortable and mobile, not quite as, you know, He's just a lot looser, I think, and and, and that comes with experience and time in the system, Yeah, Um, you know, to to switch it. You know, Jane Gardner, you know, I think was dominant offensively, and I think he's going to be. It was interesting to see who he was guarding because he was guarding some bigger guards like Tane Murray at times, and not to say that Tane Murray is, you know, lightning – you know, quick or anything, but there is a concern about Jane Gardner and his ability to guard on the perimeter at his size. Gotcha. What happens if he's playing the four and they go to ball screens? Right. Are we switching? Is he hedging out? Cause he isn't the quickest of guys. He's very good. He's very, you know, he's, he's got, he's not, you know, slow by any means, but um, that, that is a concern. And that's something that I've heard, but um, I gotcha. think, that he, you know, the, the goal and what we saw in this, in this scrimmage is that he wasn't exploited necessarily. And then offensively, he's just a threat. You know, he's just, he's ridiculously good at, at getting where he wants to in the post. Whether well, he's going to be able to yep. do that as consistently against like real ACC competition, who knows, but he did it against Caden um, and and UVA's other other bigs. Um, well, I
0: mean, you get the two of them and, and nothing against Kefaro. I think we, I like what Kefaro brings and, and obviously yeah. is capable of taking another step up, um, you know, has all the experience in the world, both at UVA, but also playing for Argentina, you know, Cafaro brings some of that Jack salt in a good way. Um, but also, I feel like every once in a while, they throw Cafaro in there for a few minutes and he gets eight points. You know, yeah, like, it's, it's a so, weird, yeah, and it's it, like
1: it doesn't make sense how he scores. It just kind of like the he's ball just got a is soft in touch in and there, and like, he, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and he makes his free throws. So, you know, yeah. all all three of them would best case scenario be able to cycle in between a couple uh, different responsibilities there in the pain on both sides of the floor. And you're talking about as much versatility as any great team uh, wants the the who's might have right there in the front court. So, yeah, I mean,
1: there is a question of, Tony Bennett loves to go small ball and that's something that hasn't really happened the last couple of years as much just because they've been so heavy in the front court with Sam Hauser, Jay Huff, Trey Murphy, and then the year before Braxton. Yeah. I think that's sort of small
0: ball being a little relative to, to, what you mean right. the, the, the the point of it but yeah yeah,
1: yeah. but like he, you know if you look back at that 2019 year it was the realization that they wanted to play Momedy at the five and Dre right. at the four right you know and and I mean they even played against Texas Tech it was Braxton Key at the five so right. the question is they're going to want to play Jane Garner at the five some they are right. like that that's going to be a lineup that happens the question is alongside the three guards of Beekman Clark and Franklin, who are you plugging in there? Cody Statman did not look bad in this scrimmage. He looked yeah. smooth. He looked able to take advantage of some angles against some younger yeah. guys who aren't quite as disciplined defensively. I think he sort a of three.
0: always brought that, like, sort of, I don't know, deceptive like Ty slashing. Ty yeah, almost, yeah.
1: But, like, not Ty Jerome at all, but, like, Ty He's Jerome,
0: big. Yeah. I mean, right. people, you know, you don't think of it, but um, Statman's got some size, so. I, yeah, I, uh, sorry to cut you off, but you know no. uh, that could be a great uh, extra piece that that has been a bit of a question mark because of health.
1: Um, right, right. We'll I see. I mean, there's just there's just so many question marks, and I think that that's the big thing with this team is that like there's so many guys that you're like, what are they gonna be? And it's, it's the transfers, it's the young guys. Like, really, Kihei is the only known quantity. <laughs> and if Kihei is, like, the most consistent thing on your team as a player who tends to go pretty hot and cold, um, it's uncertain. But, you know, I mean, the scrimmage was fun. I do think that there, it would be nice if they put a little bit more production into it, if there was a little bit more of, like, you know, a stream <laughs> involved. I know that there's lots of people upset yeah, yeah. about that. You know and especially when you're bringing recruits to the event it would just in comparison to these other schools and i know uva is its own separate thing and i don't mean to criticize or anything and this is very small i, potatoes, I think you're
0: allowed to cri- to criticize the yeah yeah don't worry but,
1: but I, I just think that there could be a little bit more fan engagement sure. in something like this you know and and it was still fun and it was a good event but you know the crowds were sparse um and everything and so you know it was a little bit tough but you know, it's an hopefully- opportunity
0: to make it even even bigger and better so you know i totally totally get that um right. well i mean you know it's 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 always fun to get those highlights brief uh though that they may be and obviously we're both completely stoked about uh Uh, The the upcoming basketball season. So we will have hopefully more to come, you know, as we get closer to opener, maybe we get some better ideas of uh, what's going on and what to expect with uh, the lineup. But like you said, it's probably all going to be unknown. For sure, until we figure it out once we start seeing them actually play the game. So, right down the road. Um, like I said, uh, of course, as you know, they're playing Georgia Tech uh, next uh, for the football uh, program. So, that's what's up next, dear listeners. Um, stay tuned to the blog uh, for more pre game things for the Georgia Tech matchup and, of course, the post game stuff as well. Uh, until next week for everybody at Streaking Lawn, I'm Pierce and that's Zach. Go who's.